Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Lee Precopio, with Consultant 360. Patients with fibromyalgia are often managed by rheumatologists, despite being seen regularly by primary care providers. However, the role of the primary care provider in the diagnosis and management of fibromyalgia is essential to providing the best care for this patient population. Therefore, it is critical that primary care providers are comfortable with the pathophysiology, symptoms and comorbidities, current diagnostic criteria, and available treatment options for fibromyalgia. To learn more about the role of the primary care provider for patients with fibromyalgia, I am joined by Dana Vilmore, who presented on this topic at the 2021 American Academy of Physician Assistants Annual Conference. Dr. Vilmore is an assistant clinical professor in the Physician Assistant Program at the University of New England in Bedford, Maine. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Vilmore. To begin, could you give us a brief overview of your session? So I basically went over the pathophysiology, the clinical presentation, like signs and symptoms, diagnosis of fibromyalgia with like the current diagnostic criteria and its management, both the pharmacological and non-pharmacological management in more of a primary care provider setting and how you would do that. Do any specific patient characteristics, such as age or comorbidities, impact how you approach the treatment and management of fibromyalgia? Yeah, so they tend to have comorbid uh, mood disorders, especially, so anxiety, depression, things like that. And if they do have those, they definitely should be treated, especially with um, like an antidepressant, uh, the SNRIs, so the serotonin norepi reuptake inhibitors are the best for that because they treat both the pain and the mood symptoms. Um, but we also like them to go to cognitive behavioral therapy too. Um, that helps a lot. So the mood improvements will reduce their pain. And then sleep disorders. Uh, some fibro patients may have restless leg syndrome or periodic uh, limb movement disorder. So if you treat those with medication and their sleep improves, their pain will also get better too. And then finally, a lot of fibro patients may have inactive lifestyles and be obese. So treating those with exercise will kind of kill two birds with one stone there. Diagnostic criteria for patients with fibromyalgia have changed over time. Could you discuss the currently recommended diagnostic tools you would use in a patient you suspect has fibromyalgia? So it used to be we did tender point assessments. Um, there were 18 tender points across the body, um, and you would use a special instrument to see if they were tender, but that one was kind of hard for people to do properly. So now the criteria by the American College of Rheumatology uses a widespread pain index and they use a symptom severity score to kind of characterize it. And a certain threshold would mean that you have fibro, but you need at least a three month history of generalized pain. And it also kind of takes into account fatigue, waking, unrefreshed, cognitive symptoms, presence of headaches, lower abdominal pain and cramping, and depression. So that one is a little bit cumbersome to use because it's long to do, but there's a newer one from the AAPT. It's the Action APS Pain Taxonomy Group. It's a lot easier to do. This one has at least three months of multi-site pain, and there's only nine sites you would need to look at. And then if they have moderate or severe problems with sleep or fatigue, then they would qualify for fibro. 
And in both of those, it doesn't matter if you have another condition, say like rheumatoid arthritis or something else that could explain the pain, you can have fibro and something else. So that's kind of the newer criteria. Could you discuss why it is important that primary care providers work with rheumatologists to provide a multidisciplinary approach to treatment? Yeah, I think primary care providers are kind of like the boots on the ground people. You know, they see these patients over time and they often have a lot of complaints over the years, especially fatigue, sleep, lots of workups, and they're very familiar with the patient. So they kind of can figure out maybe this is something more. Maybe this is fibro. I would say having room weigh in if you're not sure if this is something like an autoimmune disease, like maybe there is joint swelling with this, then yeah, you need to get room to weigh in as well. So they're a good, I would say, ruling out stuff for you if you're not sure, or if you have been trying to treat fibro and you're sure that's what it is and you're just not having any success, get them to rheumatology for a consult, that would be helpful. Primary care providers are also a lot more accessible Room's hard to get in, especially in rural areas. Like I practiced in Bangor, Maine, super rural. (laughs) Um, And rheumatology was very hard to get into. You had to wait months to get in. So this one, we can at least start the process. And then if we need room as a consult, we can definitely go there. What are some clinical pearls that you use in your practice for the multidisciplinary treatment of patients with fibromyalgia? I would say the key with fibro is using non-pharmacological stuff first. Um, Exercise programs, doing cognitive behavioral therapy, working on sleep hygiene, stress reduction is going to make a much bigger impact on their pain level than any kind of medication does. A lot of the studies just show maybe modest improvements in pain and function with medication. So always do uh, non-pharmacological stuff first Um, and then add your meds and adjunct or if they have a comorbid condition, definitely add those in so that you can fix any background stuff that may be making the fibro worse. And really education is super important for these patients knowing why this is happening, what the treatments are and why those work versus why medications don't work. And then they can kind of take ownership of their disease and then getting them to CBT for working on coping skills, realizing that it's going to be a manageable condition and not a curable condition. Chronic pain disorders are notoriously difficult for anyone to handle, right? Just psychologically. So getting them into someone who can talk with them about it and get them to cope better is really key here. And as far as like multidisciplinary, I like to have PT, uh, physical therapy involved to maybe design an exercise program for them that would work for them. Psych, obviously, would be definitely involved here as well. And then rheumatology, if you need help ruling out other things, or if they know about newer treatment options, that would be also really, really helpful. So I see it as You know, the PCP is kind of coordinating all of this, but there's a lot of different uh, spokes on the wheel. So you got PT, you got psych, room if you need it, maybe even sending them to massage therapy or acupuncture, things like that too. So definitely multidisciplinary approach is needed. I just wanted to kind of give people hope 
(laughs) that yes, this is super challenging to treat, but everybody has their cocktail that you have to find, you know, whether it's okay, they do this certain amount of exercise per week, they go get a massage once a month, they maybe take duloxetine or something for their comorbid anxiety, depression, and that works for them. But it may not necessarily work for another patient with fibro. So you got to tinker. It's definitely an art to treat this. But once you do make an impact in their life and their pain level, they're so, so thankful. And it really is rewarding to treat. Great. Thank you for taking the time to answer all of my questions today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure for being here.